This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frames. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hon, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a Vision Center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. Do you import and export goods in and out of the UK? If so, then look no further for all your logistics and freight forwarding needs than Lila International Logistics, owned and run by West Ham fans. Lila, that's L-I-L-A, International Logistics, provides businesses with affordable import and export rates for sending and receiving products anywhere around the world, whether it be by air freight, sea freight, courier or road freight. Lila provide a bespoke service for shipments so you ain't being passed between departments and you have a direct contact at all times 24-7 for shipments. Check out their website at www.lilalogistics.co.uk for more info. You're listening to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an ex-WHO employee. There was a lot of positives to take from the Liverpool game, but it's still two consecutive defeats. We talk about those games, our trip to Seville, the most awkward cab journey in the history of cab journeys, before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. X, I'm not sure how many fans expected a result at Anfield, especially without Declan Rice, but I think it's fair to say we put in a performance that deserved one. Massively, mate. You know, I've come away from that game disappointed that we've lost. I mean, I even I think we should have won, really, on the balance of play, mm. um, especially when you, like you said, when you think we didn't have Declan. I went into that game thinking we'd get battered, but um, we played brilliantly. 
Yeah, we did. We did. I mean, cutting straight to some of the key moments in the game, Mane scored and it went to VAR. No yeah. doubt. If we'd have scored it, it'd have been fucking disallowed. Yeah, but of course. It, it was eventually given. Are you comfortable that it was onside? Um, I've only seen still shots on Twitter. I haven't watched the game back. I haven't been able to bring myself to do that yet. Um, yeah, I think you could probably argue he was onside, but then you look at so many other incidents, you know, the West Ham Man United game when that their goal Man United's Chelsea against Liverpool, you know, the, when Lukaku was given offside. There's so many that are almost identical and they go in opposite directions and it just mm. highlights that inconsistency again. I don't know if you saw, but I can't remember who tweeted it, but someone tweeted, um, this is uh, offside, this is offside, this is onside or whatever, and it had those three incidents and Thiago Silva um, the Chelsea defender liked it as if like you know what the hell it's just ridiculous <laughs> is that right yeah he liked it because it was obviously Lukaku's one wasn't given against Liverpool and then Mane's one was given for Liverpool and it showed like they're literally identical um, and um, yeah it just shows that I really do think that the people still, as much as VAR should have eliminated this, they still favour the big sides when it comes to these decisions. No, they do. Well, you've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, with that one that happened at Anfield, there was nothing in it. I mean, I think you're talking a finger now, but it will always go the way of the big club. It will, yeah. and it always will. Uh, it's just the way they're made. Let's stand. Oh, 100%, mate. 100% it would have done. Yeah. Um, and it's just those twats at Stockley Park. Once again, it just comes down to human decision. And whilst you could forgive them for giving that onside, like you just said there, there are so many examples where it should have been given and wasn't. And I say nine times out of 10, probably 10 times out of 10, these controversial ones are in the favour of the so-called big clubs. So uh, it's, it's frustrating, really frustrating. And... Um, I've got, I've got to then come to what was an excellent chance to equalise when Fournells breaks through. It seemed like he had all the time in the world, didn't it? And ultimately he dinked it over Allison, and it was cleared off the line. Was he unlucky or should he have scored? That's a tough one. Um, well, I was directly in line. I was like directly behind him in like, as he was running through and it timed did seem to just stand still. Um, and... I think in some ways he almost had too much time, you know, too much time so that he, he could think about it. And he dinked the keeper and he kind of got it right. And I think the keeper might have got a touch on it, but he should have followed it through as well. Should have ran beyond the keeper himself. Um, and then he might have been able to get the rebound in. I, I think personally, if you're, a, if you're a Premier League player, top Premier League player, an international forward You've got to be scoring those. You know, West Ham don't get enough chances at Anfield, um, you know, to win games. And we had chances to win this game. And the reason we didn't win it is because we didn't take our chances. And again, that was a prime example of one. I mean, there was a worse miss than that later, which I'm sure you're going to talk about. But that should have been a goal, definitely. Yeah, I think it's both. I think he was unlucky because it was a quality finish, to be fair. If, yeah. if, he, if he had another four or five seconds and the defenders weren't anywhere near him, that is a quality goal, that is. But you've got to be scoring that. You've mm. got to be putting that away. And the fact that he didn't just puts it down to a missed opportunity, really. And coming to missed opportunities, something you just alluded to, and we'll talk about it now, was a golden opportunity. This time, Lanzini. Mm. How has he not scored that? Oh, I mean, he, you put that down to a lack of composure. I don't know, mate. I haven't seen a replay of it, but I mean, the the guy, the guy was didn't even hit the target. I mean, you can't miss the target from 
four or five yards, whatever it was. You know, he, he, it was just poor. There, there's no, there's no way to defend it. I mean, one thing to defend Lanzini is I thought he played really well. I thought he, he had a great game. But again, Argentinian international, you, you got to hit the target from there. You just can't waste these opportunities. You know, if Fornells had scored his and. Lanzini had scored his, how different would that game have been? Beating Liverpool, possibly away at Anfield, when they were in a bit in a great reign of um, you know, a bit of, of form, that would have been a superb result for us. And you, you just can't miss chances like that. And unfortunately, this that is a common theme at the moment. We just don't take our chances. Yeah, you're right. I think looking at it, I mean he's missed it the first one, and he which has put the defender on the floor, and I think he's almost shocked himself that he gets another opportunity. And I think it's exactly that. I think he lacks composure with it and he's just gone to blast it. And uh, oh, I think every West Ham fan had their fucking head in their hands on that because what an opportunity that was. Mm. It was really disappointing that. Um, but talking of Manu, I thought his overall performance was really impressive and so did the Patreons because they gave him man of the match. Did he get your vote? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I thought he worked hard. He won the ball defensively and created things going forward. I thought he played really, really well. I actually thought Noble played really well. I mean, obviously, he was only on the pitch for 30 minutes, so that's why I didn't vote for him. But I thought Noble made a, a positive difference when he came on. But, yeah, I think... I think Lanzini just about got it for me. I thought Antonio played well as well, although he didn't score. I thought he what he held the ball up well and he laid on chances. So, but I think Lanzini just about edged it for me. Yeah, I mean Manu was uh, a standout without a shadow of a doubt. I, I personally think this is possibly one of the most difficult man of the match polls we've run this season because I think there's so many to choose yeah. from. Uh, I actually went for Antonio, and I'm going to reference a comment from one of the patrons called Loro, who I thought was bang on. And I'm assuming Loro uh, is a man. And if he is, then he said, best performance from Antonio this season, in my opinion, led the line superb against a world-class defence. Personally, how can you look any further? It gets so much stick from our fan base, but let's just take a minute to be honest. Top goal scorer, playing a lone, unselfish striker, second best assist by one assist, yet still receives the most criticism all over Twitter. The bloke is wearing his heart on his sleeve and giving everything he has for the team. And in my eyes, that's all I've ever wanted from a West Ham player. I think he's spot on there. Um, you know, too many people, I think, judge him on his goals. I I've been guilty of that myself because in the day, he is a striker. But... That's wrong, really. I mean, it used to happen to Emil Heskey. He used to get battered by fans. But his teammates would tell you he's so much more than goals. And I think Mickey's the same, isn't he? Good performance from him. Yeah, I thought he played really well. Um, I thought he, like I said, he held the ball up well. He created chances. Um, a number of times the ball came to him and he had Van Dyke and... Can I say what his name is? Um, marking him really tightly, you know, as they always do, bumping into him, trying to knock him around. And he held his own very, very well, creating the number of chances for us to attack from. So, yeah, I think he, play, I think he played well. And obviously he scored against Southampton. He's played well against Liverpool. Let's hope that this is a turn um, of events for him now and that he is going to be back to the Antonio. We know he can be. Well, like I said, I think the man of the match was really tough this week, which speaks volumes, doesn't it? I mean, I thought defensively we were brilliant, especially when you look at the players they had to deal with. The midfield was always going to be challenging, but again, did brilliantly. Our attacking midfielders created chances, should have scored at least two, and Mickey worked his nuts off. I mean, you can't really ask for too much more at Anfield, can you? 
No, I mean, it was, it was a great performance. I mean, I'm very, very happy. Even though we lost 1-0, I was so gutted. We didn't get anything out of it like we should have. But when you look back on it, you have to take positives from that. Moyes has to use that as a positive display. You know, into Seville and just say, look, Liverpool are a better side than Seville, arguably. Um, and so, look, what you did against them, just go out there and do the exact same thing against Seville. And actually, I think we might even play better because with Liverpool, what they can do, because of their full-backs and the pace they've got and the way they bomb up and down the wing, plus Mane and Salah and all of that, they've got pace, speed on attack. Whereas generally, I mean, I'd don't know much about Sevilla, but generally Spanish football's played at a slightly slower pace. So I actually think we should be even stronger against them, hopefully. Mm, interesting. Like you say, it was good to see Nobbs get a run out as well. I mean, he rolled back the years at times, didn't he? Yeah, played very, very well, mate. Very composed, some very good passing, really controlled the game. When he came on, I thought he made a big difference. You know, I think he's still got it, mate. I'd... If I was Moyes, and I know that people don't agree with me on this because people always tell me I'd be trying to persuade him to stay for another season. I still think he's got enough there to be able to come off the bench and do what he did then and play the odd game here and there, but also what he does off the pitch. I'd be saying to him, come on, mate, one more year. You'll regret this if you retire now. And I'd be really trying my best to persuade him to, to stay on for another year because I think he can still do it like he did against Liverpool. Not saying he should start. No way. I wouldn't want to start him. But on the bench, there's, you can do a lot worse than have him there. What is the situation with Nobes in terms of the decision that was made? Um, I mean, was it a case of the club approached him and said, listen, Mark, this is the last season. We're not going to offer you a new deal. Was it mutual? Was it Mark proactively going to the club saying, look, I don't know what you want to do with me next season, but just to save you the trouble, I'm going to call it a day? It's his decision. It's it his is purely decision. his decision to not so. have a contract extension. Yeah, I mean, what you're going to think is he's absolutely minted. I mean, fair yeah. play to him. He's completely used his footballer's wage and used it wisely. Not many footballers do, but he has. He owns, like, massive with Bobby Zamora. And I, I think it's him and Bobby Zamora, maybe another player involved, but it's certainly him and Bobby Zamora. That's why Bobby Zamora doesn't need to be involved in football even now. And he's doing, like, the odd bit of punditry and that soccer camp camp he does in Dubai and stuff because both of them invested very very wisely into property property is obviously the best thing to invest in really particularly if you've got a lot of money they did that he owns huge like apartment blocks in places like Brentwood and when I say apartment blocks he owns the whole building and so people buy flats within that apartment block so the value of those flats are about I don't know, 400 grand, let's say, and he owns every single one of them with Bobby Zamora and I think one other person in that in that whole apartment place, and that's just in Brentwood. He owns them in other parts of Essex and London as well. So he's absolutely minted, so he doesn't need to play football anymore. Obviously, when you're as committed to West Ham as he has been, it takes up so much time, not just from a playing and training perspective, but also from like the sort of almost ambassadorial roles that he does, um, like in terms of you know going to events and speaking and things like that. And obviously he loves it, but another factor is, and I hate saying this, it's sad to be able to say this, but certainly within the last few years or so, he's been um, aware of the amount of abuse that he's been getting because he is on Twitter. You know, he doesn't actively do much. He is on Instagram as well, but he runs his own accounts. So he sees when he's tagged into these things and he sees the amount of abuse he's got over the last couple of years. And he just thinks, well, I might as well go out now 
say myself that. Hopefully, we remember it as a legend. Um, and then, um, yeah, take it from there. And um, I think that's the current state of play. And obviously, the club are looking at doing and ban. I can stuttering that word and ban. <laughs> Easy for you to say. And yeah. pastoral. Thank you. Okay. You're supposed uh, to be the intelligent one out of the I know, mate. I can't, I'm, intelligent <laughs> in my, I'm intelligent in my head. I just can't articulate it, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and um, yeah, and he, um, and he, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's doing, he'll do stuff beyond um, playing for West Ham. I mean, he'll always be a part of the club, I'm sure. But in terms of a playing perspective, People won't agree with me, but I do think you can get a year out of him left. I'm saying he doesn't have to play that regularly. But, you know, coming on for 10 minutes when you want to close out a game, coming on for the playing cup games when you've got a few young kids involved and you need some experience in there as well. Who better than to play against, play with, I mean, than Mark Noble. You know, if we were had, if we was to be playing the League Cup, for example, um, and we were playing the first round and we were playing... You know, someone lower league, if you wanted to sort of give Connor Coventry, Dan Chester, some of those young midfielders a chance, if you're sticking them alongside Mark Noble, that he can talk them through the game, it's going to be great for them. So I, if I was the club, I would be saying, look, Mark, give us one more year and see what we can do with it. Because he's still, I think he's 34. So it's not like he's 42 or something, you know. He could still play at that level, particularly as pace has never been a, like a key element of his game. You know, it's not like his performance is going to be hindered that much by another year, I don't mm. think. Mm. I mean, that's what you'd do if you was the club. What would you do if you was Nobes? Would you call it a day? Would you go out on a high? Or would no, you think... look to capitalise on that and try and have an even better season next year? I think I'd, I'd do another season because the way I would look at it as, and obviously I've never experienced being a footballer, so I'm immensely envious of anyone that has been, but I I would see it as, look, if it, even if it is one more year, yeah? So I quit at first. I think he'll be just gone 30. I think he's born in May. So I think he'll go 35 in May this year. And then obviously next year he'll be 36 in May. And when I look at it like that, let's just say on average, you know, hopefully he'll live to say 90. Yeah, 36 out of 90 is not even half his life. You know, you know, and, and, and he'll miss it immensely. There comes a point, you know, as both you and I know, that you can no longer play football. So don't make that point come earlier than it needs to. Obviously, you don't want to be playing when you're 45 and you're dreadful and stuff. But one more year, his performances aren't going to deteriorate that much. I wouldn't before. So if I was him, I would I would do it for another year as well. Mm. I disagree with that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think if I'm Nobes, I think he's he's going at the right time. I think, look, whatever happens this season... I find it very hard to believe we're not going to look back on this season and say what a great season it was. Mm. You know, I, I don't think we're going to drastically drop in terms of our league position now to the end of the season. We got to the quarterfinal of, of one cup competition, one game away from a quarterfinal, the other one, a European tour. Um, I think for him to go out on a season like that is the right thing to do. And like you say, you know, financially he doesn't need to play. Um, and I think, you know, West Ham fans have turned on Noble in the past when things haven't been going right and should next season go tits up for whatever reason, and please God, it doesn't, but if it does, and he is part of the barrage of abuse that West Ham fans will inevitably throw at the club. Um, he then runs the risk of going out on a low. So I, I think, I don't know if I'm noble and this is just me. I think I'm going to cash my chips. I think personally. 
Fair enough. I mean, I, there's definitely an argument. I mean, look at Eric Cantona. Eric Cantona went out at Warriors. I think he's just gone 30, wasn't he? Something like that. And he, um, maybe he might have been a little bit older. I can't remember. But he went out, so he wanted to be at the absolute peak, didn't he? But then you look at someone like Paul Scholes. He went out um, quite young and then missed it so much that he made a comeback, didn't he? So I think... I think it's a difficult one. He's, he doesn't. He obviously doesn't need to. But because I love playing, for, I would love to play for West Ham so much, as in me. Like I would want to prolong it as much as I could do, as long as I wasn't, you know, terrible. You know, I wouldn't want to keep playing if I was by far the worst player and just getting abuse. But like he proved yesterday, he can come on and, and be one of the better players. And this wasn't against the Mickey Mouse team. We're talking about the potential league winners here, um, and. Uh, you know, he was able to play like that. So I personally think he can manage another season. And there's a time to sit back on your on your beach and reflect on your career. And I don't think you want to do that a year younger than you needed to. Mm, interesting. Well, Saturday also saw a Premier League debut for Dan Chester's. Uh, that was also really good to see. Congratulations to him. X, with our academy flying these days, who do you think will realistically be a regular in a first-team squad next season? Well, I've always championed him, Dan Chester's. If you remember back, you can trace it to podcasts. He's always been one that I've said will be will be worth looking out for. Um, he's I've mentioned a young lad as well that I was told about the. Uh, I've forgotten his name, it's a bit pointless, but if you go back to the show three or four weeks ago, there's a young midfielder that's meant to be amazing in the academy. Really, really, really good. I, I think it might be Sawyers or something, but I'll dig it. I'll dig the name out again. He, um, he's. I've heard massively good things about him. Obviously, Baptiste is highly rated. Um, and you've got ones like Connor and Oco Flex that have shown that they've got potential as well. Dan Chester's is definitely highly rated. Um, he's a uh, product of Dan Hunt, uh, Dave Hunt, sorry, Dave Hunt, um, the famous recruitment guy that got um, Declan Rice and various other players to West Ham. He's one of his players now on his books. And so if Dave rates him, then there's a very strong chance that he's a very good player, as is you know, Dave's track record on these things. So I think... Um, I think he's got a lot of future. The Hungarian keeper, again, I can't remember his name either, but he's meant to be extremely good. I mean, we beat off a lot of competition to sign that kid, so I'm really hopeful that he's going to turn out to be decent too. And I think the, the academy, hopefully, Moyes doesn't tend to play them that often, but hopefully they'll be so good that he has no choice but to. I mean, they're absolutely tearing it up at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The top, is, yeah. Well, they were top of the league. Yeah, they were. I, don't, I haven't actually looked recently, but they were certainly fighting for the top spot, not just the under-23s, but the under-18s were as well. So, yeah, there's a there's a good load of talent coming through there. We've just got to make sure we use it correctly. And whether Moyes is the right manager to do that, who knows? I mean, obviously, he brought through... Wayne Rooney at Everton, so um, so he's got he's used to dealing with top top talent. But you know, there's been a couple of times really when you know I still question the worth of sending Connor Coventry out on loan, bringing in Crow for a big difference in wages and finances. When I don't think Crow's any better than Connor Coventry, that sort of stuff I question a bit. But um, hopefully, long term, he'll get it right, and the right players will always get through to the first team. Mm-hmm. Well, as much as there were positives to take from the game at Anfield, it was our second defeat in a week. The first coming at St Mary's, and in contrast, that was a poor performance, wasn't it? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, really disappointing, that performance. Really disappointing. You know, again, our chance to win something, and we just go and perform like that. Um, you know, poor goals given away. Uh, not many chances created. Yeah, it was a poor performance and, you know, massively disappointing. How can you go and play against Liverpool like we did without Declan as well? And then play a few days earlier against Southampton when surely you should have been fitter for that one because you hadn't played the game before and they should be a weaker opposition and play as poorly as we did then. It's just so frustrating, the inconsistencies. Mm, I know. And do you know what I didn't realise until after the game, actually, was how many changes Southampton had actually made for the yeah, game. Yeah, it wasn't a strong team, not their full strength team, no. No, um, to be honest, when we talk about Southampton, I think the less said about that, the better, really. Um, but we have to talk about our journey home. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a... I'm out. Oh, fuck me. I, I recount this in my mind. And whilst I look back and think, actually, it's quite a funny story, I fucking wince. I wince when I think about this story. <laughs> well, I'll set the scene and then yeah, you can go finish on. it off. Well, well, start, start, start it as to why we even got a cab in the first place, and I'll take it from there. Okay, so we, we'd had a train booked to go from Southampton back to London. Obviously, we got the train down there. It was due to be at 10 o'clock. We rushed out the stadium because obviously West Ham were getting battered. We thought, let's get on the train, get a seat, get home, just end this nightmare. And we'd both drunk quite a bit as well. So we thought, you know, we need a seat um, to sort of, you know, rest a bit, I guess. Anyway, so got the, got there. Train had been delayed by, what was it, 45 minutes or something. Um, and we were just like, oh, my God, we can't wait this long, knowing that every West Ham family is going to be on that train as well. So chance are going to be rammed and stuff. And we just and we were, we were definitely guaranteed to then be able to get our connection train that we booked because obviously getting to London at Waterloo, but then you've got to get to Essex for both of us. So, so we just opted to get an Uber and... You know, looking back, it was probably a bit <laughs> a bit ambitious to think that this would go to plan. Um, uh, <laughs> but, but we were both drunk. And, uh, as you know, when you're drunk, logic doesn't always um, come to you. So we, we got the Uber and it started off like we'd get it up to... to well, it, it was going to go to you first, but then he didn't seem to want to do that, did he? Or well, it, it wouldn't work. And you live more south in Essex than I do. So we ended up programming it to go to me, but I couldn't get it to go to my house so like, I don't know if you want to take it from this point mate where I kept having to say a bit further a bit further and then carry on from there <laughs> well well, firstly I think we were lucky to get him because from memory I think you were getting quite a few rejections oh yeah everyone was rejecting me yeah well who's going to want to drive to to North Essex at like at like 11 at night you know which is what we were trying to do yeah that's right yeah but eventually someone did accept and basically this cab driver right he up until five years ago, lived in Pakistan. And I also got the impression he hadn't been an Uber driver for that long. And really, the first red flag was when we got in the car and he asked us where Essex was. Yeah. So straight away, <laughs> he didn't realise what he was in for, right? But he's just taken the job quickly uh, to try and earn himself a few bob, probably thinking, because his, his lack of geography, that it was a half-hour journey, Right. But I know better than anyone, because I used to work in Southampton, what a fucking nightmare those three main motorways are home. He didn't know any of this, by the way. So there was a lot of naivety on his part. But we've got in the cab. Um, me and X are sitting in the back. And he was lovely. Really nice. Instantly liked him. Straight away, he said, ah, it's fine, you know, because we picked up, I think, two cases of Guinness for the journey home. He said, you can drink in the back. You can vape in the back. Not a problem. 
And then we started to bond very early on because I was talking to him and, and he was saying, um, he was saying that when he lived in Pakistan, he was actually quite wealthy because he, him and his family owned quite a lot of land. They made quite a lot of money selling uh, apples and peaches, I think it was, something like that. But then the Taliban came along and they took over his land and killed 15 members of his family, right? So pretty heavy shit, to be honest. And and we struck a decent relationship. You, I think, was... Um, I think he was had a little bit to eat and drink in the back, was more spectating the conversation, really. But then As always, mate, wherever we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but but then inevitably you dropped in and out of sleep. Yeah. So we're getting on really well. But then I noticed probably about 45 minutes into the journey, the conversation has quite drastically deteriorated. <laughs> and and it started to create a bit of a uncomfortable atmosphere because he didn't even put the radio on to be fair we didn't ask him to but he didn't even put the radio on so it was pure silence and I think the penny had dropped just how far he had to take us he, he then realized what he was in for and he realized he'd made a mistake so the conversation had gone from free-flowing to just deaf silence <laughs> until you started fucking snoring and I think this is when he really started to get the um and it didn't get any better for him either right so <laughs> It's silent, right? And at your absolute peak, X, I've said it before, your snoring is like a fucking nail bomb going off. <laughs> and do you know what? Can right? I just clarify, though? You aren't the, the silent. It's just a sleeper's night. Oh, no. A, I, I, listen, yeah. I'm a snorer. I'm a snorer. But if we're talking about league comparisons in snoring, I'm probably top of the championship in your Champions League qualification Premier League, I think, <laughs> personally. No, right? no you're, you're mid-table. And <laughs> <laughs> but your snoring is fucking horrendous mate right yeah, so I, I do i do have a condition just to clarify to, yeah to yeah no that that, that is that, <laughs> that is true right so you start off quite lightly with the snoring and then just out of nowhere just comes this bomb out of your body <laughs> right but i don't know if you were giving him flashbacks of his fucking dealings with the taliban but he was literally <laughs> jumping at the wheel every time you'd peek with your snoring it's like pulling up a handbrake and an old cortina honestly it's, it's horrendous so that was giving him the ump to a point where i had to keep knocking your leg to wake you up to stop him from murder i kept waking free. i think it was yeah yeah it was I'm because i'd be like, like this is getting more and more awkward mate and then it got to a point where he just wasn't talking to us at all. Like he visibly had the ump. He went from being the nicest cabbie in the world to actually visibly having the ump. And at one point I thought he was going to pull over on the hard shoulder and tell us to get out. Cause you could see the regret in his eyes in that rear view mirror. Right. So anyway, we've eventually fuck me after about three hours <laughs> got to your place. And at this point, he He's lost the will to live, right? Because I, I, something else I think that's dawned on him. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of the finances with Uber drivers. I do know that Uber get the vast majority as a company of the money that you're paying a driver and they get a percentage. So actually, he's probably earned himself about 40 quid from that seven hour round trip. Now, I think they put they put their own petrol in as well. So I think the pennies dropped with him again that it's probably costing money to take us home. Right, so he's he's absolutely fucking had one this driver, and and you could feel it from him. Like it, 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 what is now hatred is oozing out of him. So he's dropped you off, 
right? Well, no, he hasn't even done that. that. This is where I triggered a bit of the annoyance in him, didn't I? Because I couldn't get the Uber to actually go to my house. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so, so it took me to the other end of town. So I was like, right, mate, this isn't my house. You have to keep going a bit further straight down this road. And he's driving at like 20 mile an hour. And I'm thinking this, like, when I was late, probably. Yeah, that's well, I, well, I was thinking, yeah, but when we're, when, when I'm saying it's down the end of this road, we're talking about three or four miles, mate, not like a hundred yards. So I'm like, right, mate, a bit further, mate, you're going to have to go faster than this. Like, because every traffic like we came to was turning red, turning red, because <laughs> he was driving so slow. I was like, mate, listen to me. I've put the wrong code in, okay? I'm, not, I'm, at, I'm at the wrong place. I'm at the other side of town. You're going to have to go faster than this. Otherwise, we're going to be here forever. And I said, look, I'll tip you. So I'm tipping him five pounds, five pounds, five. And I think I ended up tipping him 10 pounds. And eventually, after like going at like 20 miles an hour, for about three or four miles, I got home and I got out. And that was that was my time done, apart from until the morning when I realised the money hadn't gone through after all of this. And he hadn't, <laughs> and he hadn't actually been paid at all. But yeah, you, you had the benefit of another half hour, 45 minutes of him. Well, now this is the problem. So he's dropped you off. And again, in his mind, I think he's assuming that we're neighbours, maybe. But yeah. then you had to break the news to him that he's then got to take me home. So he said, <laughs> how long is that? Like a completely broken man at this point. How long is that? So he, you said that's about half hour and his shoulders just fucking... Start. I thought he was going to start crying, actually, at that point. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm actually trying to give him some hope. And I'm saying to you, no, nah, no, ex, if he puts his foot down, he only took about 15, 20 minutes. And you didn't help. She was like, no, mate, it's definitely a solid half hour. And I'm giving you the eyes to say, <laughs> give this geezer something to cling on to. So anyway, uh, I waved you off and then uh, off I went. And again, like, there's no radio, there's no talking... I can just see him slumped. He is a broken man, right? A broken man. Like I said, I thought he was going to start crying, right? He's, <laughs> he's devastated. It's like the biggest mistake of his fucking life taking this job. So we're driving and you could cut the atmosphere with a knife, right? I couldn't even think of anything to say to him. And he didn't want to think of anything to say to me. So anyway, after all this Guinness that I've consumed, and uh, we had a uh, something to eat on the Caribbean side of things, didn't we, before the go? It was nice. <laughs> yeah, it was it caught up with me and I felt this overwhelming need to fart. Right? <laughs> My gut had just filled up like a balloon. Right. And, and I thought, Oh no, 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 please. No, I can't fucking fart in the geezer's cab now. <laughs> but I thought I've got to, because my stomach's starting to hurt now. And so I thought, right. All I can do is go at an angle and hope that I can squeeze out a silent one and then just open the window and see if I can get away with it. So that's what I did, right? And you've got to remember, not only is this geezer fucking hates me, but you can hear a pin drop in this cab. <laughs> I've angled my arsehole, right? But it hasn't come out of silent. It sounds like, you know when you get the bottom of a balloon and it's not tied up? So the first bit went, Right? And I've panicked. And I thought, oh, no, 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 no. So much so that I thought, I've got to, bring, I've got to like put an abrupt stop to this. So I've, I've given it one big push just to get it out of the way. So the fart in its entirety basically went... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I have never felt so fucking awkward in my life. Right? We've both heard it. And then I've just caught his eyes in the rearview mirror, right? And all I, I was, at this point, I'm thinking, not only is this horrible, but one of us has got to say something. This is unbearable. <laughs> and all I could think to say to him was, 
got much on tomorrow, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what you said. I think it's something like, depends on the job or something like that. Like, it fucking hated me, and then eventually we got home, and then I fucking I'm digging myself a hole here, like. I then I remember saying, right, because I didn't even know how to say goodbye to him. I'm, I'm falling <laughs> apart at this point. And I just, I said to him, thanks for that, mate. And I said, sorry about the Taliban. Like I was, like, <laughs> like I was directly involved. <laughs> and I just got out the car and I've just, my face, I've winced before oh, I've put the key in the door and I've gone in. And I thought, oh my God. So it's little wonder that the next day when you checked, he'd given you like a one-star rating. Oh, yeah. Well, I think the thing is, the worst thing is, is that my payment, well, I don't know why, the payment didn't go through for it. As far as I know, let me actually check on Uber. As far as I know, I was trying and trying. It wasn't going through. I'm just going to load up my app now, just check whether it's actually been paid. No, it's still saying complete your two hundred and sixty pound payment. Oh my! So I don't no. know why I tried to complete it. And it's not let. Oh no, it does. I'll just click. It says thanks. Your payment was successful. Okay, <laughs> oh so maybe God. it's all done. Maybe it's all done now. But yeah, when he woke up the next day after and probably looked back on the nightmare that was the night before, he hadn't even been paid because he hadn't gone through. So you know that. So yeah, he must have woken up in an absolute rage because obviously your Uber rating is an average rating of your journeys. And considering I've used Uber loads of times, loads of times I've used Uber, and I think I had like a sort of like a four point eight rating or something because one of my mates has thrown up in the back of an Uber before, so that one didn't help. But um, <laughs> it went, it went, I'm now at four point five two, so it must be must. I can't I can't see what he gave me because it doesn't tell you. But in order to to get like to have dropped that much, he must have given me a one. Must have. Oh, and, I mean, and, I can, and I can't see the comments either. I wish there was a way you can actually see what, <laughs> what the comments say because uh, I'd be interested to see what exactly has been said. But, uh, yeah. Oh, mate, that was horrendous. I did feel bad for him. I did yeah. feel bad for him. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but literally, that was the most awkward cab journey home in the history of cab journeys home. It was I just horrendous. I just seen his name. His name was Faisal Gafar. So, and right. I, gave him a, I gave him a five star. I don't know what his problem is. Yeah, I gave him a five pound tip. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, Faisal, from the bottom of our hearts, mate, we are sorry, but for fuck's sake, brush up on your geography before you accept the next job. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of geography, Seville on Thursday. We fly out Wednesday. You excited? Oh, mate, very, very excited. You know, um, I can't wait to go. I've never seen West Ham abroad. I haven't been abroad since God knows when anyway. So the fact I'm actually getting out of this country for a few days, is going to be lovely. You know, Seville is meant to be a nice city, so I'm interested from a cultural point of view. But also, since we're loads of West Ham fans out there, and it should be it should be a great atmosphere and a great day, hopefully, or great three days. So, yeah, no, I'm really, really excited about it, really looking forward to it. Yeah, can't wait, mate. Can't wait. And I think the weather's not too sad either, is it, at the moment out there? Um, it doesn't look great, if I'm honest with you. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't look too great. It looked like it was raining last time I looked, which would be really annoying to go to Sevilla uh, <laughs> and um, and get terrible weather. Let me just load it up on um, on the trusted Google because I'm pretty sure, yeah, it said it said rain when I looked the other day and I was going, oh, no, actually, tell a lie, Tuesday's raining um, and 20 degrees, but Wednesday's cloudy, 22. Thursday, the day of the game, is 23 and sunny, so bring that on. There you and go. Then, and then Friday, 
Fridays 21 and Sunday. Our result has changed since I last looked. Bring us even more exciting. Perfect. Uh, Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, no, it'd be brilliant. What what an occasion and what an atmosphere it's going to be. And, uh, you know, without sort of putting a bit of a Debbie Downer on it, I don't know when we'll be in Europe again. So this you've got to grab this with both hands. And it's just going to be a really, really good few days. I can't wait. Yeah, me neither. Right, well, before we go to X, we want to give a big shout out to one of our patrons, Billy Bolan, who celebrated his 40th birthday at the weekend. Many happy returns, Bill. We hope you had a good one, mate. Right, okay, it's that time again. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a drama coach to be an IT guy. Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again. This time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.